punk rock, street trash, wastelands. And here are your hosts, long-time partners in slime, Adam Obscene and Mark and Mark. Hello world, hello listeners. This is Wastelands. I am Adam Obscene and with me is the mighty, mighty, mighty Mark and Mark. Hey, hey, Adam. I, I, I never tire of those introductions. Thank you for that. Great to be with you. Hello, listeners. Great to be with you too. Marco, by popular request, uh, mm. we're going to start a subcategory of the show called the Kane Punk Chronicles. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of an opportunity for us to uh, elaborate on some of the you know backstory that we have of growing up uh, uh, in regional centres Choosing mm. alternative lifestyles, doing DIY things, um, because apparently it's striking a bit of a chord with the listenership. And I want to kick this episode off, Mark, with um, one that I find particularly interesting. And mm. it's that listeners may or may not be aware, Mark was in a pretty great hardcore uh, punk band in the early 90s uh, called Disrupt Youth. And um, I always find it really interesting, particularly talking about regional areas, Marco, how an individual that's in this grows up in a place that is very non-supportive of alternative lifestyles mm-hmm. ends up like drawing the line in the sand and going, "This is what I'm going to do." Mark, can you give us the, like give me and the listeners a bit of a, a rundown of how you got to the point in your life to make the call that you are going to be in a punk rock band. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, I'll try my best. Um, uh, well, uh, I grew up where in the part of Australia, and for most of our listeners to understand where I'm talking about, it's um, on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia. Now, if you want to reference that in a more modern way, a modern music way, it's where the chats are from. Uh, I hope everybody knows that band, The Chats, Smoko, Pubfeed, etc. Um, yeah, that's that's where I'm from. And in the early '90s, I don't know. I'd been in, I'd been playing guitar for a while. Um, I absolutely adored playing guitar. I I still to this day play guitar and am obsessed with overdrive and distortion and fuzz i just i love that shit i i'm i'm surrounded by it here as we speak and um i also at the same time was transitioning from say liking bands like guns and roses stuff like that to being uh, turned on to really what started it for me what what made it so i could do it or believe in myself i could do it was um black flag and greg ginn um learning more about how he did sst records how he did black flag and was a trailblazer with that band uh in terms of touring and diy um ethics and once i got into that i I got into that through friends at school and the album everything went black that was a pivotal pivotal album to me that uh that that really spoke to me and said, Mark, if you want to do it, you can do it too. Just just muster the energy and and get after it. And um and I did. 
And at, at first, I, I wasn't as into it having as a hardcore sound as it ended up having. But that had me, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I had a lot of uh, haters and a lot of naysayers and a lot of people of my age and older that were saying to me, you can't do that. You, you, you know, fuck you. You're not, you're not punk. What do you know? What do you know, man? You're just this dweeb fresh out of high school. And the more people said that to me, the more I went, guess what? I'm going to be heavier and harder and faster than you'll ever be. And if you listen to that, if you listen to our discography, it starts off pretty kind of, you know, still fast and aggressive, like, but it has kind of like a rougher street punk sound. By our last recording, it is heavy as fuck. And that was just from repeatedly being told, I'm not, you're not heavy enough, you're not fast enough, you're not punk enough. I just met that with a massive fuck you. And that's how it all started. And um, I got more direction when I placed ads in music stop shops and record shops in my town looking for personnel, mainly drummers. And um, it, it, uh, the the really the only guy that got in contact with me was the guy that ended up being the drummer in the band. Incredibly, incredibly a ta- talented musician. And still a friend of mine and yours to this day, um, Dave Cockgrieve. He was fresh into Queensland, uh, having just moved from Victoria, from um, Melbourne, by way of uh, Warrnambool, which is another country town. So he's a country boy who came to to uh, the Sunshine Coast as well. But he came with uh, a little bit more, a couple more years on me and a lot more experience. He'd been in a band called Loudmouth in Melbourne. He had a lot of um, scene experience by um, following bands and going to shows in Melbourne. And he'd also been to America as well, where he picked up, uh, uh, did a lot of record hunting over there and picked up like heaps of albums by artists I hadn't heard of, you know. So he was pivotal in... um, in in sh- showing that showing me that there was a a, a bigger direction and, and bigger bands that that out there just not black flag and you you top tier bands like Dead Kennedys and stuff like that. So he was instrumental in, uh, yeah, really kind of showing me that you could you could do it. You know, Dave's was um, big band like- Loudmouth also recorded a seven inch too. So they he came packing yeah. with a recording. Which at that point was like miraculous, right? That, yeah, it know. was miraculous. Yeah, yeah. He his band Loudmouth. Loud uh, you can find it on Discogs easily enough. Um, his band Loudmouth. They started off as a Ramones cover band, hence Loudmouth, and they ended up just writing originals. And um, uh, they released a seven inch called Brenda O'Connor. So get onto Discogs and you can you can find that. It's really worth a listen. The reason I bring um, so that up, yeah. Marco, is because it showed that you you could do it. Like he, you know, he yeah. brought a DIY aesthetic that was maybe not apparent in our scene yeah. at that time. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And what and through him, I sort of got to know a little bit more about, uh, you know, like uh, the Discord uh, label, Ian Mackay, Minor Threat, that DIY ethic, 
you know, um, which was a little bit more savvy and a little bit more successful than some of the other ones uh, that I knew about, you know, um, and another sort of t take on what SST were doing. So uh, he had more experience. He had more seen knowledge. He just brought more to the table. And, and, and uh, that was, yeah, pretty pivotal. What point did you make the call that Jimbo was going to be the singer of your band and Jimbo being almost. your brother? Was it right from, was it from almost. the start? Yeah, it was almost from the start. Yeah, it was, yes, it was from the start. It was from the start. Was it, yeah. Did he show any, like, how did that come about? Like, I'm, I've never actually asked you this, but like, I, because it was always just, it was. But there must yeah. have been a critical point with you playing guitar and doing um, the lessons with Sam and like getting better and better and making the call that you've got little Jimbo there who loves playing remote control boats and cars all of a sudden yeah. becomes this formidable in your face frontman of a hardcore band. How did that he was happen? Really, yeah. Do you know what? He was really good at it and he, people really like his vocal style and um, he, it was never intended to be anything reckless or you know out of the control or dangerous you know and it was just supposed to be playing playing music that we wanted to play uh you know with, with people that we really liked and that was the thing that uh that was that was crucial and necessary to musicians like myself was to play music with people that we like and love for people that we like and love. So having my brother in the band was fantastic, you know, and uh, it, it's a camaraderie that I've come close to uh, having again. And I play and, and still know a lot of musicians that I absolutely love and respect. But that first band, that was just gelled. Like the four of us were a really, really tight-knit unit. So the one that we need to mention there is Marcus. Um, yeah, from, so Marcus Gray. A bit younger and from the Kiwana crew, so the coastal side of the punk scene, which was always an interesting thing on the sunny coast, the divide between the hinterland sort of punks and the, the coastal kids. But mm. he was like, from my perspective, Disrupt was kind of one of the first bands to bridge that sort of, it didn't really matter where you came from, we're just all in on doing the music. And like yeah. he gelled yeah, in that, he gelled into that, that foursome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, perfectly, perfectly. Uh, yeah, Marcus is fantastic. He, we, we were all from the coast, really. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I, I went, I, I grew up right beside the the sea. There was, mm. yeah, I, uh, right beside the sea, and I think that was probably what I liked about, um, and you know, I shoehorned in a parallel of. SST and Black Flag, like they were all down at Hermosa Beach, you know, they were mm. beachside sand between their toes punks. And, um, and I like to sort of think just in my own mind at the time that, uh, growing up on the beach myself and being right into punk rock, there was a, a shared similarity uh, of geography there. And, uh, we were just on other sides of the Pacific. And, um, yeah, we were all from, from coastal areas, absolutely. Um, Marcus was all. Marcus also was the only person that answered uh, one of my ads for a bass player, and he's 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 a fantastic musician. He's a fantastic guitarist, 
fantastic bass player and a fantastic singer as well. And um, he, he fit in straight away. Jim, my brother, and Marcus are the same age. Dave is just a little bit older than me. Um, and, yeah, we, we just hit it off really straight away. Uh, it, it was fantastic. We, it was thoroughly fucking enjoyable. Did Marcus – was Marcus in Disrupt Youth before Dry Heave? So did Dry Heave happen after and Dry Heave Lostners was Marcus's um, other band, which was yeah, yeah. also awesome and amazing and almost like partners in crime for the, the Sunny Coast punk oh, scene when we were playing. So Absolutely. I love all those guys from Dry Heave too to this day. Um, and if Lostners want to, uh, want, to, want to deep dive, you can get onto YouTube and type in Dry Heave, lower the standard. And uh, I think the guys over the last couple of years have been uploading old demos and um, recordings they did. Yeah, Yeah, but I love all those guys. They're fantastic. Um, Yeah, I think Dry Heave came after, though, but not long after. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. We'd have to ask them that. It's an interesting one because I think that there's – the point is is that the catalyst bands, like what happens when, you know, there's a knock-on effect when, you know, you and Jim, you know, put ads in papers, get call-outs from, you know, Dave comes in, Marcus comes in, another band forms, another band forms, Mm. um, a scene starts to erupt, a a couple of cool shops open, someone decides to do a fanzine. Um, You know, Mm. that really that's kind of the bit where we get to the the nucleus of what that sunny coast scene became. In the mm-hmm. early, early early to mid nineties, it's not a bad spot to actually park it there, actually, mate. Because I think yeah. the next part of the Came Punk Chronicles really starts to land into uh, the DIY part of that scene, mm. like mm. shows, mm. zines, connections, mm. networks. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Let's park it at, and I yeah, because I really want to have a nice long discussion about DIY culture. It's, it's, yeah, it's close to my heart. So, listeners, we'll park it there. This has been part one of the Kane Punk Chronicles. Uh, we are your Kane Punk prize, your caffeine cringe, your B-grade ghouls. I am Adam Obscene. This is Marco Mark. Uh, you're listening to Wastelands. You catch us on all the platforms. Uh, we'll be continuing this on in future episodes. Lawson, is if you have any questions about rural punk. <laughs> about if you are rural if punk. If you are rural punk. If you've got anything you want to ask us or tell us about, uh, make sure you flick us a message and we'll incorporate it into this new series. Uh, but until that point, Marco, is there yes. anything more you'd like to add? Yeah, it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Other words. It's over! It's finished!